You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to a Saturday night here on Locked On Women's Basketball. My name is Ben Dahl. I write for High Post Hoops. And we're trying something a little different with the podcast. On some nights, right after games, I'll be recording episodes. And the goal is to incorporate player audio from the locker room and also bring on other members of the media to really just let this be another way to keep up with games if you miss some, but also just, especially, it's an, it's going to be there right there in the morning for you to start your day. You know you'll have something to go to on the games from the night before from across the WNBA. And tonight, we've got just one. 84-74, the Mercury came out on top in Washington over the Mystics. Tierra Ruffin Pratt was in the starting lineup. Ariel Atkins, she entered the concussion protocol. And so she missed another game. And no Marie Gulich for the Mercury. She didn't travel with the team, uh, citing personal reasons there. And Breon January, though, was back in the starting lineup. She sat out last night's game in Indiana with a foot injury. And there are two, there are two notable injuries, and one one in particular was, was scary down the stretch, and we'll get to that later, but just to acknowledge it off the top, Camille Little actually went down. It looked like she turned her ankle uh, towards the end there. Before that, the the big news out of this one is Sancho Little catching a pass on the roll. She jumped up, and as she came down, her left knee just kind of buckled, and she went down immediately was holding it. It didn't look great. Uh, she she wasn't able to put any weight on it as she left the floor, and we'll we'll see we'll see what the updates are on that and and how she's doing. Hopefully, it's it's nothing that causes her to miss a lot of time. Because getting straight to my big takeaway from this one was the switching we saw from both teams in this one, especially with Phoenix. They started with Dewana Bonner on Chrissy Tolliver, and Little was on Elena Deladon. And some of the some of the toughest stuff to guard with Washington is those actions involving Tolliver and Deladon. One of them might have the ball and they're setting a screen for the other and they can flare out and just hit a three just like that. But even off the ball, one of them setting a flare for each other, Deladon setting a pin down for Tolliver. That stuff is so tough to guard because they're both such good shooters. And for the Mercury, you know, matching up like this, it allows them to, to switch that and really take a lot of that easy stuff away if they execute those switches. And that speaks a lot to the value of Duana Bonner, a player we just didn't see at all in the, in the league last season as she gave birth to twins. And then Sancho Little, you know, a player who was at an advanced stage in her career, but she was brought in to start. And the familiarity with Brittany Griner in particular was a big talking point. And... But switching hasn't been hasn't been a big theme talked about a lot nationally in the larger conversation of things. And Phoenix is doing it a lot this year. And and Bonner, Bonner and Little in particular, they really make that possible. They unlock a lot of that for them. And it makes it it makes it really tough to score, uh, especially for Washington tonight. But both teams, uh, because Washington on this other side, they were switching a lot too. And for them, what really helps them is their all is their wing depth, and they, a lot of their wings. I mean, they've got some wings with some. They've got some bigger wings, which really helps, and you can put up a little bit more of a fight if you have to down low against a big. But also just having size on the ball, 
uh, extra length off the ball when you're closing out. That helps out. And Mike Tebow's got, even without Ari Atkins, who's now become a starter, uh, that really helps them out. But from the first quarter of this game, Elena Deladon scored twice off of offensive rebounds, just getting the ball passed right to her, nailing a jump shot, and then a third time it happened later in the game. And then Sancho Little, uh, she pulled down two offensive rebounds off of Brittany Griner missed shots, which is always notable with the Mercury because, especially when Griner's rolling to the basket, and it can happen sometimes too if someone's if a team's doubling her, but a lot of times Little's that player, Sancho or Camille or somebody else they might be playing at the four, is that player that a team is probably going to have to live with helping off of if you want to send help. So for Phoenix, for that player to be able to sneak into those cracks, and if there is a miss, to be able to put that back or just get get the team an extra shot, extend a possession, that's that's always huge for them. And then another big takeaway from this, this one is just Diana Taurasi's passing. It, she really is just, she's got the ball on a string. She can deliver the ball from any angle. And it just it just always looks like she sees what's going to happen ahead of time. And her chemistry with Brittany Griner is just it's just remarkable uh, to watch. One pick and roll really stood out that I I tweeted out. She's Tarasi's got it on the left side. Griner sets, comes up to set a screen. Brian January's in the ball side corner, the spot you're usually not ever going to help off of. And you know January's shooting over fifty percent from three this year. And then Dewana Bonner's in the right slot, one pass away from Tarasi, and then Sancho Little's in the opposite corner. So Griner comes up to set that screen, and Tarasi puts the ball down. And the other, the thing with Tarasi, of course, is she's such a great shooter. So even if there's the the threat or the idea of somebody coming to cut, set a ball screen, somebody else has to step up to take away that three, or else she's just going to hit that. You know, per 36 minutes, she's getting up, you know, 10 threes a game and shooting just under 40% on those. So you really have to react to that anytime there's the threat of Tarazi getting a three up off the dribble. So if you end up bringing that help defender, and you know this this in this case it was Elena Deladon creeping over to help onto Brittany Griner, who would have been able to roll straight to the rim. Tarazi saw that right away, and Sancho Little just dove straight to the rim, and Tarazi threw a bullet to her for a layup, which was. Just a great a great read. Um, got it to her quick, and Phoenix ends up getting an easy score there. And the other thing with Tarasi's passing is she's just so quick. When, anytime the ball gets reversed and she gets it back out top, she can even be you know 10 feet behind the three-point line, and she's so quick to get the ball inside to Griner. And that speaks a little bit more to their chemistry, too, for that duo in particular, but... If the ball's on the other side, they're trying to give it to Griner, or she might even get it, get doubled, and then throw it out. Ball comes to Tarasi on a ball reversal on the other side, and she's just looking to throw a laser to Griner flashing across the middle. And that's that's one of Griner's real bread-and-butter shots off the catch. She can shoot that jumper over her right shoulder. She can put one dribble down either way, and then it's just it's just a layup. And that that's really tough to stop. Because you may get that double and force the pass out, and then on the reversal, Griner's flashing quickly to the middle, and that's 
that's the denial you really have to get, or you have to really be able to push Griner out to take away some of those shots, because those are just, if she gets it in that deep, it's so tough to stop. But diving into stuff from the game, picking it up in the second quarter, and even the thing with Phoenix is switching, is even Griner gets involved with these switches. You know, the game they had in Los Angeles against the Sparks a while back, even Griner was switching with regularity, um, especially onto Chelsea Gray in a pick and roll to really just wall off the paint and to keep her from getting into the lane and wreaking havoc, which, you know, obviously something that's so so tough to stop. But early in the second quarter, Monique, Curley, Monique Curry curls around. Looks like she has a jumper, and Griner just switches onto Curry and blocks her, and that's just... Something that's it's frustrating to see it happen if you're the other team, and you know for Phoenix that's just a, such a such a big trump card that that whether it was a read in the moment or they just planned on doing it to have Griner to be able to do that you know she's she's an intimidating presence at the rim and obviously a good shot blocker but she's able to get out onto the floor and affect shots not just rather than just only waiting on, at the rim and picking up blocks there. And a big, a big thing from the second quarter, especially for Washington, was Taylor Hill really looked good as they put together a nice run, including a 10-0 run that put them up 35-31. Uh, on a reversal, Tarasi ran out at her. She gave a nice jab and blew right by. Got fouled. That got her to the line. Uh, and then on defense, Hill gapped off Yvonne Turner and was able to get a hand in to block Tarasi on a pull-up jumper. Another time, Tarasi didn't get a call on a shot, and Hill leaked out, got an and one, a big play for Washington, who you may not necessarily always look at as like one of the premier running teams in the league, but Hill, with her quickness, definitely can give them that. And then another time, she picked up her dribble, was around the right elbow, had started her attack, and was kind of dead in the water, and just gave a little fake and stuck a jumper, got the end one over beyond January. And then when we talk about the switching, the important thing for the Mystics is is they're going to need to be able to get the right players on the court and arrange them in a way where they can let Elena Deladon really punish those switches. You know, if she gets a guard onto her where she can just back them down and force a double, and if they don't, She's going to jump her right over the top. Or even this one, she got Tarasi switched onto her on the perimeter, um, rejected a screen, and just drove right into her and pulled up and shot a jumper right over her. And then the next time down, uh, she posted up beyond January after a switch and uh, got fouled on the catch when they were in the bonus. So that sent her to the line to get some free throws. But then going to the second half... Uh, the real theme to, me, theme to me was Phoenix's execution. And as far as X's and O's go, and if that's your thing, I think Phoenix is a team that's really worth watching. And it's just really fun to see them when they've got their starters out there. As mentioned, you know, Duana Bonner has been so impressive. And then Breon January shooting lights out from three. It's just that that starting five for them is really tough to guard. And they run some great stuff that, that makes it even tougher. And 
at times there isn't even a good there isn't a good choice you know to send an extra help at at an action to to blow it up and and they're going to get good shots um the mercury ran something similar to what they did in uh against the fever last night where they just throw it into Brittany Griner and then Tarazi, January and Bonner are all going to are all kind of at the free throw line Tarazi's setting a screen for Bonner and then January after throwing the ball into Griner also comes to set a screen and then Bonner can either curl around that or this time she slipped to the rim that wasn't there but then Tarazi immediately curled around that January screen and she got a jumper and stuff like that it's just it's fun to see you maximize what you have and they're getting one of their best players something you know they're getting them a touch out of that really close to the basket and giving them a good chance to score Christy Tolliver did get loose a little bit in this in this third quarter and that that's the key for the Mystics is especially if they're going up against switching they've got to be able to get Tolliver some good looks and it's it's tough because they're not one thing to watch for them is to see where they can get as a drive and kick team. Tolliver had two turnover, turnovers in this game, and one of them, you saw she did put her head down on a switch to drive, and just threw it, threw it out to the opposite side, and thought thought somebody was going to be spotting up, and nobody was home. But she hits a step back over Griner from the corner, and ended up being a long two, and that kind of got the crowd fired up. And then another time. It looked like Reiner just didn't step up and that they were supposed to switch. And then Tolliver hit a three around the middle of the quarter, which was big for them. But then more from the third quarter, Yvonne Turner hit a three in transition, which was maybe you know foreshadowing to what she would do at the end of the game. At that time, it pushed the lead to nine. And what makes the Mercury so dangerous in transition is, and Turner got this three spotting up on the weak side. And it's Diana Trazzi, left side of the floor, getting a high screen from Griner. Or this was this was actually a post-up, I believe. And you see in a situation like that, Turner's defender is already looking to creep over to prevent the ball from going to Griner or just to be there to double by the time the ball gets there. But then that's so dangerous because I mentioned... The four for Phoenix is the person that defenses might want to help off of when you have to make that choice. But when they're going in transition, Sancho Little still hadn't crossed half court yet. She was the trail there. And Little's defender was just waiting for her at the top of the key. So that really opens up the floor, and Phoenix is basically playing four on four in situations like that. And you're really in trouble there if you're trying to send a second person early to shade towards Griner to keep the ball from getting there. And as mentioned with Tarasi, she sees the floor and she she whipped it across the court and Turner hit that three. But moving on to the fourth quarter, and a couple in a couple more great notes on execution from Phoenix. Sideline out of bounds at about the eight minute mark. They just run a simple Simple flex action for Dewana Bonner. Her defender went under the screen. Bonner's able to hit a three. That's a big shot for them. But then for the Washington side of things, in referring to the switching, 
there are a couple players with the Mystics who you're not who they were that Phoenix wasn't as urgent in trying to switch everything with them and Natasha Cloud is one of those players. She's she's had some games where she's where the three balls falling and tonight she went two for four. But on most ball screens tonight, Cloud's defender was going under. Usually was Yvonne Turner. And at this one, a minute after that Bonner three, Cloud was able to beat Turner to the other side of that screen and get it all the way in for a layup. And then you fast forward about uh, 90 seconds. Cloud runs a pick and pop with Tiana Hawkins and throws it back to her for a wide open three. And you have to wonder if that play before maybe changed how Phoenix wanted to guard that or they just had a complete miscommunication because both Turner and Griner went with Cloud and then nobody else rotated over and that just left Hawkins wide open for a three. And then with back to the execution for Phoenix, one more thing. Uh, out of a timeout, about six minutes left, they set a cross screen for Brittany Griner. And they've done this a lot with, and been very successful with it, usually with Tarasi setting that screen, which is dangerous for a lot of reasons. And the first time they run it, Griner just gets to the left block, two feet right there, basically in the paint, turns and shoots, gets an and one. And they incorporated some weak side action with Sancho Little going to screen for Duana Bonner, which occupied those defenders, so they weren't looking to go help onto Griner. And then Phoenix runs that again the next time down. Those two players on the weak side, they've got eyes on Griner, and then Little and Bonner do the same thing. And then Bonner ends up catching it at the top of the key was wide open, passed up a three, ended up taking a dribble, and still hitting a jumper anyways. And then after, shortly after that was when uh, Sancho Little went down. Again, was holding her knee. It, it didn't look great, but we'll, we'll wait and see what the update is on that. Um, but from there, um, Phoenix had built a 10-point lead, and it looked like it could have been over. Washington had to really had to do something in a hurry. Uh, two minutes left in the game, Tarasi in a pick and roll was trapped out near half court, and they're able to recover out of that without giving up anything too good. They end up getting the rebound, come back the other way. Natasha Cloud hits a three. Mercury come back down, Griner misses in the post, and then Deladon bringing it up in transition uh, with that threat of her hitting a pull-up three being there. Uh, she drove all the way in for an and one, and that cut it all the way down to four after it had been 10, with about a minute 20 left in that one. And then out of that, um, Dewana Bonner got to the line. She hit one out of two. And then Natasha Cloud on the drive, uh, she rejected a screen in pick and roll. That cut the lead to three with that layup there. And then that set up, as mentioned, Yvonne Turner hit a big shot in this one. And kind of the same thing mentioned with earlier with you try to shade towards Griner to stop the, to prevent an entry pass or just to have somebody right there in her lap on the catch. And that's exactly what happened on this, what ended up being the play of the game. Taylor Hill crept all the way over towards Griner. Dewana Bonner caught her kind of right as she her momentum was going towards Griner. 
she skipped it over to Turner and just Turner stepped into that three and hit it with confidence. And that put Phoenix up by six. Um, and from there, uh, Mystics had a turnover. They were looking uh, for Christy Tolliver fading to the corner. Um, and Tarasi hit two free throws. They went up by eight. And then Mercury ended up closing it out. So for Phoenix, they're on the back end of a back-to-back after beating the Fever uh, com- pretty comfortably last night. But still, uh, it's it's tough with that travel, and it's been a long month for the Mercury. But Dewana Bonner in about 30, played about 37 minutes. Uh, 23-8, three assists, 7-14 from the floor, 2-5 for five on three on threes, and 7-8 at the line. Griner played 38 minutes in this one. And that's that's another thing with Griner is I I tweeted earlier about just her appreciating her skill level and not just saying, okay, you're tall, go bury people on the block 30 times a game, and that's the only thing, you know, that you we can appreciate about about a player that big. But I mean Griner's also just able to play so many minutes. And that's huge for them. Her line 24-7, four assists, three blocks. Tarasi in 34 minutes. Shot just two for 13, one for eight on threes. A couple of those are pretty good looks, and I guess if if Washington ended up winning this one, you would say, oh, back-to-back, the Mercury retired. Some of those are pretty good looks, and some of them were pretty, you know, just off the back iron um, shots that, you know, in you know if they play again, they're definitely not shots that you'd be okay with giving up. So Tarasi, seven points, uh, six boards, and nine assists against zero turnovers. January, as mentioned, getting the start, played about 16 minutes, uh, and the player that ended up stepping up to soak up some of those extra minutes was Turner. Four for eight from the field, two for five from three, uh, finishes with 12 points, nine rebounds, six assists, and three steals. For the Mystics, it, it in a way, you may feel... That's one that they shouldn't have let get out of hand and to where they had to play catch-up a few times. Uh, wasn't a great night for Mo Curry. Looked really good attacking the basket, attacking closeouts, but 0 for 6 from the floor, 0 for 5 at the rim, including a couple where she was pretty adamant that she felt she was fouled. And on a couple, I would probably agree. We didn't really get great. A couple of them we didn't get any replays on. Um, the angles weren't great, so it was tough to tell on those. Taylor Hill, as mentioned, had a nice game, 11 points, uh, got to the line six times, and Christy Tolliver, just four for 13, one for eight. Um, the switching did definitely look to impact her a little bit, and maybe it impacted Tolliver the most. It just makes it tough to get those threes off the dribble, off of a quick flare, anything like that. It takes away those, you know, quote-unquote easier looks, and that makes things much tougher uh, for Tolliver to to get her own shot without just staring somebody down and attacking one on one, but Elena Delon twenty seven and 13, 10 to twenty from the field. Uh, that was that was huge for them, and then basically what Washington at the five spot is always going to be interesting. Tiana Hawkins ended up closing the game, and as mentioned, she hit that big pick and pop three. And she obviously brings a stretch element that they just don't really have um, from anybody else alongside 
Deladon with her shooting too, and that, that makes for a really potent combo. Latoya Sanders, who's been in the starting lineup for a while now, she ended up playing 17 minutes. Uh, her minutes really tapered off in the second half as Hawkins played more. And then Crystal Thomas played 10 minutes, and I thought she had some really good moments, and her playing time has really fluctuated. She's even had a few DNPs. And for Thomas, it's all about just, and what I, when I, um, especially for her, where I think she really had an impact was she was able to push Griner out a couple of times to at least make the shot that she ended up taking a much tougher one. You know, if you allow Griner, one thing, one thing that she'll do any chance she gets is she's getting, especially when she's getting a quick entry pass from Tarasi, uh, right where she likes it, is she'll try to take a step or two into into the defender if they leave any space there. But you've got to be able to at least force her out because she's so good from 12 to 15 feet. If you can force you know her a couple of those jumpers to be from 16 or 17 instead, if you can force you know her to put it down instead of just turning into a right hook, um, you know that that stuff matters and that adds up and that's where. That's where I feel Thomas was able to make an impact. But for Phoenix, as mentioned, this was a pretty long month for them. Um, their games all came in clusters, which was a little weird. And you, as you'd imagine, it's it's going to be tough on, on any group, especially one with so many vets and that isn't really playing a lot, um, isn't going too deep into their bench most nights. But as we stand here, they're 13-5 they're and five on top of the standings. Uh, part of that, they've played the most games. Uh, a couple teams right there at 11 and 5 uh, with them. But this month, they go 11 and 2. They they rip off that eight game win streak to start the month. They drop two and then won these last three here. Uh, sweat, they swept both of their back to backs, which is obviously impressive. But to run through what I'm talking about when they played in bunches, they start the month playing three games in five days, two days off. Three games in five days again, three days off, you play back-to-back, and then you get four days off, you play three and five again, two days off, and then they finish just now this back-to-back. So the month of July is a lot more spread out for them, you know, not without those three and fives, and and, uh, they don't play any back-to-backs in July, which will be good for them, and and they, they get a nice rest here to start. They've got four days off till they play Connecticut at home, and... You know, quickly on Connecticut, they're probably the team that has the toughest July slate coming up. And I wrote about the July schedule, which you can read over on High Post Hoops. Uh, but Connecticut has that um, brutal nature to their schedule this month that Phoenix did, where they've got, you know, three or four, you know, bunches of where they're just playing every other day, uh, which is which is tough, uh, which is tough on these teams. And especially if Alyssa Thomas still isn't, is going to miss some games here and you know for phoenix that may be you know you may be you may end up getting that game in with thomas still being out which obviously you know you like your chances even more there if you're phoenix and for washington they're 10 and 6 now they went 5 and 5 this month but after starting off the month 1 and 4 and you know they had a bunch of people missing time um, with with illness and whatnot not necessarily um, much they can do there but they managed to finish the month four and one, and you know nothing, nothing too major should be taken from this game. The way I see it, 
Um, they've got one more game on this current four-game homestand. They don't play till Thursday, which is good for them to get four days off. And the big thing for them is you just hope you get Ari Latkins out of con- concussion protocol and healthy and back on the, on the court as soon as possible. And then as a closing thought for today, um, with the All-Star game coming up in July, one thing on the voting, and 22 players are going to making will make the All-Star game, nine guards, 13 forwards. And one thing I was thinking about is, you know, how, how are players classified by position? Because there are a couple where, and you see this even with all WNBA, um, all defense voting, you know, especially for a wing, like what, you know, what position group are they going to be classified as if you're not going to do, you know, one, two, three, four, five, if you're doing guards and forwards, I think, you know, four names and, you know, throw out whether or not like you think they should be in. My point in bringing this up is just, you know, are they a guard or a forward? Because um, even if just one of these players makes it, there'll be ripple effects on both position groups on that, you know, the pool of players in each spot, depending on where they make it. And the four names for me that stood out, and if I may have missed some, um, feel free to let me know. Uh, but the four for me, I'm wondering where they're, I mean, where they should be, or just what people view them as are Diamond to Shields, Maya Moore, Elena Beard, Dewana Bonner. You know, are they a guard or a forward? A lot of times you would look at the lineups on the court and say that they're the three. So what does that really mean um, when you're splitting up into guards and forwards? I think that's interesting. I think there's a case to make for each of the four players that they could be either one. And as mentioned, that could, you know, that all have implications on um, everybody else vying for one of those spots. So that's it for tonight. I hope you enjoy this episode. Always open to hear your feedback. Let me know. You can find me on Twitter at SplitThePost. You can read all of our coverage over on High Post Hoops. And we'll be back with you uh, later in the week with another episode.